Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Here we are again. It's Wednesday, November 11th, 2015. We have a great show for you. My very special guest today is David Kruch, and he's going to talk about a new kind of protein drink with lots of benefits. To give you a little background on David, he's the owner and founder of Osteobroth and Crave Protein. He first received his personal training license in 1999, and in 2001, he graduated from Oklahoma City University with a degree in physical education. While he was in college, he took courses uh, relative to resistance training and muscle activation techniques. He's also the member of the first class of students that studied the muscle activation technique. And you're probably all wondering what that is. It's called MAT, and it's a revolutionary approach to the assessment and the correction of muscular imbalances, joint instability, and the limitations in range of motion that sometimes our bodies get into. So let me bring him onto our show now. Hello, David. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hello. Thank you very much. I like to start my show out by asking my guest, how did you get on the path that you're on today? I know in, in the introduction, you know, I talked about what you did up to a certain point. But when you were younger, is this something you knew you wanted to do? Or did you develop this passion later on? I have always been very, very focused on on health and fitness, and I I attribute that to my to my dad, my father, who, oh. who just turned seventy eight and is in is in very nice shape. He he was uh-huh. always a very fit person. He was he was never never a, a marathoner, never a triathlete, never a bodybuilder, but just aware, just very, very conscious of what he was doing and very conscious of what he was eating. And he, he is a very healthy person, and he, he reads about it, and he studies it, and he exercises, and he never viewed physical fitness and a healthy diet as penance. He always viewed it as what you're supposed to do. And it was just a very oh, good example. Interesting. I've always had That's that wonderful. example. And that kind of turned me into this into this um, 
onto this field. It turned me onto this field, turned me onto this this path that I'm on now. So he was a really big influence in your life. Very much so, yes. You're probably one of the few guests that I've had on that has had, um, or at least that have spoken of that experience. Hmm. Interesting. It's um, mm-hmm. there's there is there there is a very psychological component to to a healthy lifestyle, and and there's there there are people that are that are very clearly running towards something, and there are people that are very clearly running from something. And it, uh, <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> and you can kind of you can kind of see where it, where it comes from and see where you're going and what you're doing, and and one of those is much healthier than the other. And I've had I've had examples uh-huh. in my life, and it. Enabled me to, to develop appreciation for it and see it from both sides. See what other people are doing and why they're doing it, and which one of those is sustainable and which one of those is not. And um, huh. interesting. That's where we end up. And yeah. so, and so, I, I assume that you've been very healthy. I try. <laughs> I'm I'm very aware <laughs> of my healthy status. I say that. I am. I am. I I. I uh, I, I try my hardest to be as healthy as possible. I, I, I know what I should be eating. I, I, I love dessert. I love chocolate. I, it's my biggest weakness, and I, 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 I do my very best to, to stay away from it as much as I possibly can, but I am certainly human. Oh, <laughs> and I think everything, I think, everything I think we all, is okay. I think everybody indulges. <laughs> it's pretty tough not to. <laughs> it is hard to do. But yeah, no, I do. Really I do very much emphasize emphasize a healthy diet and as as much exercise as I can handle. I'm very curious, and I'm sure our listeners are very curious as to what is this protein drink sure. that you came up with. So I have been in the fitness industry for quite some time as a personal trainer, as a muscle activation technique therapist, as a as a teacher of biomechanics. And a few years ago, five years ago, I was teaching a biomechanics class, and this was a, a course that was was very bodybuilder heavy. There was a lot of bodybuilders in the class, and, and a lot of, of extreme athletes. And at lunchtime, we got on the topic of bodybuilder diets, and this idea of meal prep Sunday. And it's 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 it's, it's a common phrase for people in that in that world. It's they spend their Sunday preparing all of their meals for the week because preparation is absolutely critical to their success. And the moment we're not prepared, that's when we make terrible decisions. We make bad diet decisions. So they, they you know, they cook up their, their 35 chicken breasts for the week and they're eating all this stuff constantly and their diets are perfect and it's all in Tupperware containers and they're already ready to go. And it's just kind of struck a chord with me that that's, that's an awful lot of preparation. And then hats off to you. You know, congratulations for being that strict. You're amazing. But wow, that's, sure. that takes lot. Um, that, and yeah, a that's a later, lot of discipline. It's a lot of discipline. And it, it, it's amazing. And a week later, I'm in the gym and I'm working out, doing my thing. And I look over and, and the biggest the biggest guy in the gym, this, this, this big bodybuilder, this personal <laughs> trainer, he's, he's training his client while eating chicken out of a Tupperware container. And my first thought was, that's disgusting. Why are you, why are you eating in the middle of the gym? And my, my second thought was, you know, if the supplements on the market were good enough, you wouldn't be doing that. You would have slammed down a protein shake between clients and gone back to your business and gone back to your day. And they got me on this path yeah. of, if people are doing that, and it, and it wasn't the last time I saw it. I saw it again and again and again, and I realized, wow, there's a, there's a need for something. 
there is this very convenient protein powder that is incredibly popular and has spurred a $7 billion industry, and yet this guy still cooked his 35 chicken breasts on a Sunday and is eating one of them right now in the middle of a gym while his client works out. Wow. We, we forgot something. And what we forgot was when, when protein powders were were developed, it was out of necessity, but it was also very convenient. Um, the the very popular and what has been the, the, the golden child of the protein industry is, is whey. And whey is one yes. of two proteins found in milk. And whey is a byproduct of the cheese-making industry. And when protein powders started to kind of get noticed, whey was abundant. Whey was everywhere, and whey mm-hmm. was, at that time, waste. They were going to get rid of it. They didn't use it for anything. And it's pretty darn good. And, it's, and it became a whole industry based on whey. Sure. Not because it was the best possible thing, but because it was available and because it was a possibility, mm-hmm. because it was good. Um, but like this bodybuilder at the gym eating his chicken while sitting on the leg press, uh, we, <laughs> he realized it wasn't, for, <laughs> it wasn't for him. It wasn't quite good enough. It wasn't the same thing as a whole food. Uh, maybe he had a dairy allergy. Maybe he had some intolerance. I don't know what it was, but whatever it was, he needed something different. And mm-hmm. for the past few years, we have had a lot of different, but it's all kind of skewed in a very certain direction. It's gone into vegetables, a lot of soy powders, a lot of other vegetable powders. And what we never got into was really recreating what a protein powder was supposed to be, which was a replacement for that thing that sits in the middle of your plate that you base your meal around, meat. <laughs> and <laughs> it's all been something very, very pretty far removed from that. So my goal was, all right, can I take what this guy's doing and eating his chicken in the middle of the gym? Can I take something like that and turn that into a supplement? Could I could I take well why not chicken? Oh my gosh. Let's give that a shot. You looked at the piece of chicken and that's what inspired you, huh? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's just um, really funny. You, <laughs> absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm looking at a guy drinking a um, drinking a, 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 a soy flavored or a, a, a strawberry flavored soy drink. I'm like, well, that's pretty far removed from what soy was, and chicken was the whole point, or meat was the whole point. So yeah, exactly. I, I went on this quest of is it possible to turn meat into a uh, into a protein powder, and the answer was not only is it possible, but the end result is a superior product to what's currently on the market. So what I developed was uh, Crave Protein, which is the very wow. first commercialized chicken-based protein powder. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I, I personally had never heard of it before. It is very new. We, uh, we've just been selling it for a few months now, getting a lot of very nice and good attention. It's It's... It's a needed thing, and there's there's so many new new products on the market in this industry. And when you look at them close enough, you realize that it's the same product being repackaged over and over and over. It's a it's sure, a whey protein sure. powder for bodybuilders, and then it's a whey protein powder for rock climbers, and it's a whey protein powder for ballet mm-hmm. dancers. You know, it's the same. <laughs> but it, at, at its bones, it's the same thing with just new marketing lingo wrapped around it. And this is finally something different. This is finally something that is a uh, closer to what the whole point of this thing originally was, which was just convenience, you know, and, and, and that, that is what this is. It's a more convenient way to have meat, which is which is inconvenient and expensive and it's spoil fast and it's hard to transport. And that's sure, what, we, uh, sure. what we produced. Yeah, and it's great. 
I'll be, I'll be darn. So does it come in different flavors, or what? What does it oh. like? Taste like? <clears throat> right. It's uh, it's such an interesting concept, and it's uh, I always I always tell people that story about the strawberry flavored soy because you know people go, what is the soy powder taste like? Well, not soy. So uh, I have a few flavors. I have one is fruit punch, and it tastes delicious. It's like a fruit punch smoothie. Um, I also created a one it's a chicken soup flavor, and that one's a little bit different because it's actually a protein powder designed to be to be drank hot, which is really good, especially this time of year. It's a it's a warm, hot, soothing beverage. And then we're also bringing out the vanilla very soon. So in the same way that oh, that's great. That very few of the very few of the powders taste like their original thing. Neither does this. We've flavored it with all natural flavors and sweeteners to make it taste like something you would want. Sure, of course, of course. Yeah. Why don't you take me through the process of how it's made? I'm really curious. Sure. It is so I'm gonna take you through the process and introduce a whole new thing at the same time. So this this process was <clears throat> the whole process, both making it and bringing it to market was tedious, taxing. Um it is a process called spray drying. And that's not it's it's a not too dissimilar from freeze drying and kind of the exact opposite. So you've you've had freeze dried food before. You've seen a freeze dried vegetable or something, and it kind of turns it into a a hard substance where all the water is removed. And then if you were to smash that down, it would be a powder. And that's almost what this is. I originally started doing this with a freeze dried powder, and the spray dry process ended up um, yielding a much better product, a much better powder for this type of product. So it's effectively a very extreme version of dehydration while keeping the temperature appropriate enough to not harm the amino acids at all, to keep everything mm-hmm. intact and, and usable and bioavailable. And then it, 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 it's taking meat off the bone, dehydrating it, pulverizing it, turning it into a powder, flavoring you know, taking the mixing well, that powder co- into powders. I assume, it's, I assume it's cooked first, correct? Oh, yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's all yeah. cooked initially. Um, and that's another really neat thing is maybe it's the safest chicken ever because it is fully cooked and then it's fully <clears throat> dehydrated. So you're moving all the moisture, and moisture is, is a, a key component when you're looking for any kind of um, pathogen. And then it's tested. It's tested for E. coli, salmonella, yeast, mold, um, E. coli, coliform. You know, it's tested two different times throughout the process. So at the end result is an incredibly safe product that's fully cooked and incredibly easy to digest, ready to go, and, and super convenient. Really so, how did you a, figure out? How did you figure out the process? Were you were you in your own kitchen doing no, it initially, or it, I was I was convinced that there were people that were much more talented at doing this than I was. So I spent my time <laughs> <laughs> trying to find those people. Um, and and there are there there's there yeah. an entire industry built around this, and there's there are other applications for dehydrated meats that that we're not even aware of, and there are companies that do this kind of stuff, but they've never really oh, done it on. for its nutritional value before. It's always been flavor based, right? There's chicken oh. added to things, and flavors added to things, and they're often very high in fat and delicious. And my goal was, can we do the same thing with less fat? You know, 55% fat isn't very attractive. How about Mm-hmm. 10 or 20 or, you know, can we make it a better number? And, you know, they went to work on that, and, and the end result was yes. Yes, we can do that. So they ended oh, up coming okay. out with so the... Oh, so you kind of like hired... What do you call mm-hmm. those people? 
are they, food fighters. Are they, are they yeah. scientists? They are food yes, scientists. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. Food scientists, and that's a that's a whole world that I dived into with. <laughs> that would be a fun field. I, oh, wouldn't it that be a fun field to work in? You know, it, absolutely. You know, I um when I when I was effectively transferring out of the fitness industry and into this new you know entrepreneurship idea, I in order to 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 to, to learn it all, it was you know put on a suit and go to every conference in the country and and then talk to everybody you can uh. and put a meeting with anybody you can. It's a fascinating industry. It really is, and there's something really fun about walking into a convention with eyes that are a little bit different than everybody else's because they've seen mm-hmm. all this stuff a hundred times before and you never have. So everything looks mm-hmm. a little bit different to you and it gives you new ideas. And um, mm-hmm. and that's where that's where you start to, to <laughs> have new products get developed and new new fields get to get produced. Um, not totally random sidebar, but I'm convinced that's why there's so many really cool and neat innovations in the baby industry. And you take and there's a new baby product out every day, and they're amazing. And it's because people mm-hmm. who you know, one guy's a, a the, the guy's an accountant and the woman's a nurse, and they have a baby, and then all of a sudden now they're parents when they weren't parents one minute <laughs> ago, and they see all these faults and flaws and reasons new things should be developed, and they they develop them. There's a ton yeah. of entrepreneurs in the in the in the baby space, and there's a good reason for that. New eyes and a new field. It's fun. Interesting. Yeah. Well, your your product received a very high um, amino acid score, uh, particularly have, if we yes. compared it to pea protein. Um, yes. So we. Yep. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. No. Go ahead and and tell us about that. Sure. Sure. So protein is is a, is a collection of amino acids, and. The, the human body is, is capable of producing certain amino acids on its own, meaning if you get enough of the right compounds, you can produce these amino acids. And there are certain amino acids that you can't produce. There's nothing we can do to make our bodies make them. We have to get them from external sources. And those mm-hmm. are called essential amino acids. And those amino acids we have to find in our food and in our supplements. And because this, this product actually is a meat, and because it's such a high-quality meat, it's a much more appropriate amino acid profile to what we need than anything else on the market. So what that means is it's it's more effective, it's more efficient, and at the end of the day, you need less of it to create protein. You need less of it mm-hmm. to get the result you're looking for. And that's really nice. There ends up being a lot of waste with a lot of foods that we eat. If you um, If you eat a singular protein source and try to get all of your protein from it, you may take in... 70, 80, 90 grams of this stuff, and at the end of the day, your body's only been able to produce 50. And with ours, mm. you can take in even less than 50, and your body can produce that 50. So it's a much more well, efficient and appropriate source. It It, it is. I mean, um, eggs are uh, an excellent source of, um, of uh, protein as well as other... Uh, they also have a lot of other supplemental value to them. Mm-hmm. Your product is actually higher than an egg. So if an mm-hmm. egg is like 3.9, yours comes in at 4.8, which is almost 5.0. Yes. It's, it's, so. it's, it's incredible. It's, it's a very good product. It's, there's a need for it, and that's, that's mm-hmm. fun. It's fun to find something where, there, where there's a need for How How does um, it compare to hemp protein? It's significantly better. I do. 
I do. Um, there aren't any vegetable sources that really come close. When it comes to vegetable protein sources, the um, soy is, is about as good as it gets. Soy is, 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 is a good protein source. There are a mm-hmm. lot of other issues with soy, um, and that's mm-hmm. why all these other protein sources are coming out. You know, we have we have whey and soy really driving this whole industry. But the really funny thing about whey and soy is they're on the list for the big eight allergens. The the, the most common food allergens mm-hmm. um, are uh, you know wheat, uh, tree nuts, shellfish, soy, dairy, you know, all that. Those big eight, and this whole seven billion dollar industry is driven by two of those. So all these mm-hmm. other protein powders that have come out, pea powder, hemp powder, all these other things to try to accommodate for the people that can't take these powders. And they're an alternative, but they're they're a pretty darn inferior alternative when you get down to that amino acid profile and start breaking it down and trying to compare it to actually being meat. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's a fine attempt, but it's really it's really not quite not quite good enough. And that's why we uh that's why we did this. So one. did you did you introduce your product um at a, any like big food show recently? Do you plan I've to? had a few things. Yeah, we um so a couple things. Um I will uh I will I'll answer that and then I'll back up a little bit. So yeah, so we've had a few um big shows we went to. We took Crave Protein to the Mr. Olympia competition recently. Mr. Olympia is one of the largest bodybuilding competitions in oh. the world. And that was a lot of fun. We just we, we didn't have a whole lot of press going into it. We just showed up and, and kind of <laughs> direct to our target market and said, "Here's what we've got." And we had mm-hmm. a, it was a really fun response. It was everyone went, "Wait a minute, chicken!" And then they went, "Why hasn't this been done before?" Because <laughs> it was kind uh-huh, of that initial, uh-huh. "Wait a minute, wait, you're, you're a, a you're drinking chicken." And I'm like, wait a minute, you're drinking chicken. That's, that's amazing. It was a really fun response. <laughs> and it was, it was a bit of a test for us as well. And how, do we, how will we do when we go into what we've got? And it was, it was terrific. It was amazing. And we're actually, we are sponsoring the, um, the Philadelphia Marathon here in a couple of weeks. And that's oh for goodness. a different product, a different product. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up for a second and take you on a slightly different journey for a minute. But while... While we were um, going through this entire process of bringing Crave protein to market, uh, we ended up um, cutting through all of the regulatory red tape and, and, and going through the USDA and all the official FDA channels, doing everything right. But it, but it also mm-hmm. took a lot of time. And, and that, you know, I was you, you're so eager to get your product out, but you want to do everything right, and that was where we were. And I saw a trend unfolding that has become one of the hottest food trends in, of 2015, which is bone broth. I'm not sure if you're familiar with, with bone broth, but bone broth no. is effectively, if you were to cook down the, the, the carcass of, a, of the chicken, for example, uh-huh. if you were to really try to pull out the protein from those bones and from the, that, that connective tissue, the ligaments, the tendons, the cartilage, you're bringing collagen protein out. And collagen protein from a chicken is the reason your grandmother said eat chicken soup when you're sick. It's the reason chicken soup for the whatever, you know, for the soul exists. Um, and there is a, a, a healing power to, to that. There is a reason our grandmothers told us to eat chicken soup when we're sick, and it's because that, that collagen protein from a chicken has an anti-inflammatory capability and a lot of other really neat characteristics. And in this past ah. year... 
we saw we saw Salma Hayek come out and say that bone broth is my is my beauty secret. And we saw Gwyneth Paltrow touting its benefits. And we saw Kobe Bryant say bone broth helps fix my knee. We saw all these celebrities come out loving this thing. And the next thing that happened were bone broth bars started popping up. So a place called Broda, which is amazing. I went there. It's in, it's in New York. And you can you can stand in line. Line wraps around the corner. And you go and you get a hot, oh. steaming cup of bone broth, like you're carrying around your coffee around the city. But it's bone broth. It's a high-protein chicken soup. And, and now there's, I think there's 13 bone broth bars in America right now and more popping up all the time. Oh, for heaven's sakes. It's, it's fascinating. And it's what it came down to is it's the... It's the it's the reason chicken soup is effective, and we've gotten so used to taking uh-huh. our chicken broth out of a out of a canister, out of a container, out of a can, and there's little to no protein at all. And this is nothing but protein, and it's it's it, and it is incredible. So I started thinking, all right, is there a way to do something similar to what I'm doing with with Crave Protein, and create a bone broth in a powdered form? Is there a way to really harness that collagen protein? From from a chicken, and same process. There was a way, and now I have the the first and only powdered bone broth, which is really convenient because oh most bone broths you either spend forty eight hours cooking them yourself, or they just go bad fast. It's a hassle. There's no shelf life. And this has a, a two year shelf life. Twelve grams of protein, fifty calories. It's really an amazing product. So that. Oh, sorry. I guess what just just came to my mind is that I eat a lot of organic chicken, but it's usually just the breast. So I'm yes. not getting the benefits of any form of of bone broth at all. Correct. That's right. Correct. You're you're wow. missing out on all of that collagen protein from the from the bone, and a lot of us are missing out on that. It's it's one of those nutrients we've kind of stopped eating because we've stopped eating that way. R- rarely do we make chicken soup from scratch. Um, mm-hmm. we, we usually have our, our base, mm-hmm. our stock come from come from a little you know, yeah. tetra pack or a can or, or even, whatever. And it, even even or, even organic chicken broth probably wouldn't have the bone element in it. Protein. Yeah, it, even mm-hmm. even organic chicken broth doesn't necessarily oh, have any protein. Boy. You look on the back of the of the can in your cabinet. Mm-hmm. There may be one gram, maybe a couple, maybe zero. Um, and the, the protein is the home run. The protein is the reason it's oh. important. There was a there was a University of Nebraska study done a couple of years ago, well, back in 2001, I believe, and they did prove that the, the protein found in the chicken soup does actually have an anti-inflammatory capability for the throat and nasal passages, which is why it's a popular thing to drink when you're sick. So it's it's very interesting that we've we've stopped eating this way, and there's been this resurgence. But but that but there's a difference. Food. There's a difference. But there's a difference between the chicken protein and the bone. Exactly. Yeah. So imagine staring at a rotisserie chicken, and you pull off a big piece of meat and eat it. That's mm-hmm. what Crave Protein is. That's Crave Protein RCP. That's the kind of the protein powder that we were just talking about previously. And then if you did that a bunch of times, took off the meat, and then you put that chicken carcass in a pot of water, and you cooked that and cooked that and cooked that, and you kind of leached all the protein out of the bones and the marrow and the ligaments and the tendons and the cartilage, that's what osteobroth is. Osteobroth is, is the name of the bone broth powder that I've created. So they're, from, from 30,000 feet, the products gotcha. might seem similar, but when you get closer, they're, they're really quite different. Yeah, they um, are. <laughs> they really are. They are. So, yeah. And well, I got and it's also it's good it's before. good it's good to under, understand that the the regular chicken soup that everybody 
consumes, and particularly if they're sick, still has mm-hmm. some properties in it that are beneficial because of the protein. Absolutely. So that yes. that protein will help in reducing inflammation, or is it only the bone broth that will do that? The the collagen protein, which comes from the bones, ligaments, tendons, etc. Collagen so that, protein. That's, that's another that's different. thing. That's different. That's so, a different protein. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the one. That's so. So effectively, I'm selling one product, Crave Protein RCP, which is meat protein, and I'm selling another product called Osteobroth, which is protein from the bones and the connective tissue. And it's gotcha. two different gotcha. kinds of protein, and that's a that's a very. Actually, you actually brought up a great point. Not all protein is created equal. Not all protein is the same. Mm-hmm. So kind of mm-hmm. even even a further step from our conversation a minute ago about the difference in, in the chicken protein you crave versus hemp or pea or soy or whey, this is even another thing. There's different types of protein within the same type of animal. There's different types of chicken protein. And it's, you know, it, it's one of those things that you wish everybody knew. You don't expect them to, but you hope the product explains it well enough so people know what they're buying. And then they, they need to know True. what they're it's really important. Um, True. The bone now these chickens, is, these chickens that the chickens that you use, I assume mm-hmm. they're probably not organic, correct? They are. They are pretty darn close. They are. They are not. There. There's no GMO ingredients, no okay. hormones. There are no antibiotics. Um, but oh, we that's don't, great. It's great. It, it, there, well, then there, that's there, then that's it. I mean, that's right. Yeah, that's it. Because I was thinking, because I was thinking, you know, if you're grinding down their bones and they have, um, you know, they've consumed insecticides and hormones and stuff, Mm -hmm. who knows what would end up in those bones? (laughs) Alone the meat. Right. It's um. There's a. I, yeah, I, I got to tell you, going down this this path of learning about the chicken industry, which apparently I'm now in the chicken industry, it's fascinating. Going to going to chicken farms and talking to these people and, and looking at the organic industry versus the commercial industry, all of it. It is <laughs> a. It's there, 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 there's more overlap than you want to know about, and and b. It's it's. It's fascinating. You know that. So there's there's two types of chickens. There's there's the layers. And there's the broilers, and then you can guess the layers lay eggs, and the and the broilers are become the chicken that you eat, right? whether it's whether it's at a restaurant or it's packaged at the grocery store. And most of the broilers that you eat, most chicken that you you consume, is about six weeks old. It's not very old. It didn't have a whole lot of time to do much. <laughs> they they didn't have a lot of time on this planet. You they mean, grew off the bat. You mean. You oh I see so you're saying that the chickens were only six weeks old. Yes. Before they're butchered. Before they're butchered, right? As opposed okay. to a layer, a hen that is an egg-laying hen, those get quite old. Those live a very long time, and that's why there's often. Um, that's why depending on where your chickens come from and where your food comes from and, and what it exactly is, it matters depending on what it was. Meaning. Your your the mm-hmm. diet your hen served that that, that birthed to that egg was um, is going to impact what you're eating much more than the broiler chicken that you're eating that's lived six weeks. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. not enough time to to leach minerals out of the ground. Yada yada yada. So it's yeah. a, a fascinating industry. <laughs> and I, and I got like to that it. whole point by by saying that we're we're sponsoring this marathon. The um. 
the endurance community is one of the many communities that have really gripped on to to bone broth as a as a mm-hmm. healthy and, and and healing beverage for for everything from mm-hmm. from hydration to cramping to to strong joints etc. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. I guess um, I somebody, I guess it was my hairdresser that told me this week that the chickens are fed um, a lot of soy products. They can be. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's tr- I don't know if that's true or not. And so she prefers to find eggs that uh, that don't have that component to them. That are soy free. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I never ever thought about it. So you mean to tell me when I'm eating these eggs, the the properties of the soy could be in the eggs? I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's that. That's a that's a big debate, and depending on who you're talking to, uh, they they you make. There's there, there's there's a lot of scientists that, that that very firmly believe that the moment the animal digests that food, it becomes no longer its its original thing, but just a collection of its parts. It breaks it down into the actual chemicals that it was originally composed of, the actual molecules it was originally composed of, uh-huh. and then that gets that gets passed on, not in the same not in the same way. And that's probably true. Um, but there are also people that believe that you know if you're if that chicken ever ate a blade of grass, and I'm also eating a blade of grass, and I don't <laughs> eat grass. You know, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty hard to know. Oh, oh God! It's really it is hard thing. to it's kind know. Of, it's kind of the the more it's it's all this information we have now is is wonderful, but you know you got to mm-hmm. pick and choose how you use it. It can drive you crazy. <laughs> you can, you, can it, you took the words out of my mouth. It can drive you crazy. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, uh, what part of the country did you visit? Um, sure. Chicken farmers. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, California, Missouri, and Oklahoma. I am actually from Oklahoma originally. You went to all of them, huh? Oh. I did. I did. I have have aspects of the business in in all those places, and and oh, I'm slightly cheating because because in Oklahoma, um, my my grandfather was a farmer, and and my family still owns farms in Oklahoma. So I have oh, access to that sake. community quite easily, right? So it's, it's very easy to oh, that's nice. learn what I need to know. It is nice. It's great. Well, and I'm, I'm sure they gave you a lot of support in that area. They're probably pretty excited um, over what you were doing. Absolutely. They are. It's um, it's it's such a, a needed and necessary and, and wonderful industry. You know, I never had the desire to be a farmer, but there is something beautiful about coming back and having something related to it. You know, I never... Mm-hmm. I, I never went out and, and farmed with my grandfather in that sense. I certainly ran around as a little kid and got in his way a lot. And that was that was certainly fun. But this, <laughs> <Becky> this, this, <laughs> there's certainly something that, that there's a there's a similarity here, and that that does feel that does feel good. Well, that's just great. Well, you've been yeah. extremely informative. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can purchase your protein sure. and also your um, broth? Mm-hmm. Sure. So the, the protein, Crave Protein, is available at craveprotein.com, and we now are getting it into into a variety of retail establishments, um, okay. which will be hopefully in, in your area soon, so to speak, but we're just now starting that process of, of in, in a store near you. So for now, yeah. craveprotein.com, and, and very soon, 
on Amazon as well. And osteobroth is the name of the bone broth. Osteo means bone, little play on words uh-huh. there, osteobroth. Mm-hmm. And it's available at osteobroth.com. And and same same deal there. We're in the process of getting it out to a variety of retail establishments. And don't be surprised to see it in your chiropractor's office or your acupuncturist's office or your doctor's office. Because the, the medical oh, community great. is really the community that's well, grabbing onto it. I I haven't had the opportunity to try it, but I'm definitely going to because I am just so curious. Good. Really curious. Good. We'll send you some. And and the, and the and the benefits just sound so great, you know? They really do. Yeah. It's that, that's the whole point is we really want to – we we know this is great for you. And mm-hmm. it, it's made for its benefits. It's made to make us to make us healthier, and that's that's the whole point of it. Well, listeners, we've been talking with David Crouch, and the name of his protein is called Crave Protein, and that's spelled with a C, C-R-A-V as in Victor E, Protein. You can also go to his website, CraveProtein.com. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. I can't even imagine how busy you are. Um, and I wish the best of luck to you and your product. Thank you so much. This was a real pleasure. You were a wonderful person. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, listeners, thank you for joining us today. Um, You can catch this program in its entirety on iTunes, or you can come back to blogtalkradio.com, Health Media Now, if you want to listen to the entire broadcast. Thanks so much for joining us. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit Got Cancer? Now What? for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?